All right, listeners, hello. Welcome back to Have It Helps, a podcast of Creekside Community Church in San Leandro, California, where we talk about how habits build you and about how you can build better habits. My name is Jeff Bruce. I'm one of the pastors here. I'm joined by another pastor here, Greg Arthur, Creekside's pastor to families. And you know, Greg, when I think about Creekside staff, there's a phrase that comes to mind. Do you know what that phrase is? No, sir, I do not know what that phrase is. It's strength in numbers, Strength Greg. in numbers. Strength in numbers. Can because, I be Iguodala? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm Iguodala. I'll get to that in a second. Because my dad cannot be with us today. He is under the weather. But did we cancel the podcast? No, sir. Did we concede to defeat? Of course not. No, sir. Steph goes down, but look who we have coming off the bench. The Jordan, Greg Arthur. The Jordan Poole of family pastors, not even filling in. Already in the podcast rotation, Greg, you are just seizing your moment today. Are, are we Splash Brothers then? What are we doing? Are we, we are really the Warriors today. All right. <laughs> so, so, Greg, you would compare yourself to Iguodala? Yeah, I like Iguodala. He's the old guy. Yeah. Yeah, comes you know, off the bench, and he does everything pretty well. Yeah. I, I'd like to think I'm Andre Iguodala because he's five days older than me. Okay. We're both 6'6", absolute physical specimens. Well, that's both true. That's that true. That you do look man. like Iguodala. <laughs> We're both absolute liabilities at the free throw line. <laughs> but, you know, I'd like to think it's the intangibles that set us apart. You can't put a finger on it exactly. It's just the team needs it, though. It's that IQ. It's the presence. It's the gravitas, mm-hmm. right? That's, that's what I hope to bring in any given situation. You know what Magic said about free throw shooting? What did he say? He said that if you can't shoot 80% from the free throw line, you should go to your coach and say, Coach, I'm going to lose you some big ball games. <laughs> <laughs> so I just put that out there. I wonder if Ben Sibbins said that at any point. But uh, <laughs> Anyway, today we're going to continue our series on the habits of biblical <clears throat> parenting. <clears throat> According to the Bible, parents have primary responsibility for their kids' spiritual development we're responsible to help our kids walk with Jesus for a lifetime. How do we do that? That's what we're talking about. Greg has spent uh, really the better part of his adult life thinking about that question and has distilled the biblical teaching on parenting down into to four basic principles. And so we've looked at the first two. Week one was parenting equals discipleship. Second, We talked about winning our kids' hearts and that if you want to win your kid to Christ, you need to win them. And today we're going to look at the third principle, which Greg has titled diligent teaching. Diligent teaching. Parents teach not just as a one-time thing, but really as a way of life, teaching your kids to follow Jesus. Uh, Yeah, Greg, initial thoughts on how you came up with that, where you see that, wherever you want to take this. Yeah, well, so... I saw it in the scriptures first because uh, I didn't really know what I was doing as a parent, and I got convinced that I need God to tell me what to do, so the scriptures say a lot of stuff. And uh, one that stood out was from Deuteronomy 6, and it says, These words which I command you today shall be in your hearts. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. And I just thought there's some clarity there that is super helpful for me, and especially with the word diligence. Um, and it just kind of struck me that uh, the way that, that I think about teaching, the way that I think that 
that information or knowledge or values is passed down is kind of like in a Western mold that you go to class and somebody talks to you and you take a test and then you go to the next thing and they give you a grade and somebody recognizes you for having taken that class. But that's very different than actually passing on uh, values and knowledge, understanding, passing on the discipleship and the following of Jesus, which is much much different than just taking a class. So the word diligent to me has a has kind of a deep meaning there um, that was expressed in this verse. Yeah, that comment about the Western framework strikes me because not only are you learning in a class, but there's very concrete objectives and metrics for when you're hitting the mark. Right. The, the, you get this grade, you pass, you, you've, you've got this knowledge, and, uh, and if we approach discipling kids that way, um, A, it won't be a lifestyle, but B, we put this expectation that, that growing spiritually is kind of checking boxes and, and, and meeting marks, rather than this very slow, organic, almost indiscernible process of taking on the character of Christ. Yeah, one of the first verse that really stuck out to me when searching the scriptures about it that stuck out was that uh, Paul says about discipleship, imitate me just as I imitate Christ. Mm-hmm. And uh, Paul is being very audacious there, saying he's imitating Christ. But he's, he's confident that he can say that, and then he tells his disciples, people watching him, imitate me. And imitation is way more than just going to a class. And that, that's really what struck me. Diligence has got more about trying to understand somebody enough that you can imitate them. Right. And so, anyway, that, that's why that stands out to me. Diligence is a different thing than just taking classes. Mm-hmm. In fact, you know, when I took classes, I wasn't diligent. I, uh, I would mess around, and then I'd cram right at the end, and I'd take the test, and uh, maybe I'd do okay, and if I didn't do great, you know, a lot of prayer and crying to the Lord, and, and then <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it, it clicked. I made an eight on a midterm, <laughs> eight out of 100, and I actually tried. So, I, you know, I was not diligent. When a man's way brings, what is it? Uh, what's that verse? Yeah. When a man's folly brings his way to ruin, his heart rages against the Lord. Something like that. <laughs> That's, That's exactly proper. right. That's, <laughs> That's exactly right. Why am I so stressed out about this task? It's Lord. your oh, it's fault. It's your fault. Yeah. Why did you not give me enough <laughs> Deliver time? Deliver me. Yeah. Why is this so hard? Yeah. Diligence is something just much more, um, I don't know, organic. Just, yeah. just occurs. Mm-hmm. And in fact, the thing about parenting that strikes me is that you're diligent about something all the time anyway. Whatever it is, even even if you're messing around like I was, I was diligent about messing around. I, it, you, you, whatever you do all the time naturally is what you're diligent at. And so, I, you know, you're going to pass that along. It's going to be clear to somebody that's what you are, what you do. Yeah, we, we touched on it in our first episode in this series, but what kinds of things do you think parents teach their kids without even realizing they're teaching, but, but they mm-hmm. are uh, because they're, they're explaining, they're commending, they're exhorting to something, and uh, we do that even when we don't realize it. Mm-hmm. So what are those things? Yeah, well, you, you essentially are teaching, you're always teaching your values. Mm-hmm. What, what's your priority, what you think is most important. That, that'll come across no matter what. I think that beyond that, did I did I teach my values to my son? Yes. 
just by living, just by him living with me. Did I teach him calculus? No, mm-hmm. I did not do that. Content wasn't the same as teaching your values. It, it was living with you. So. And it strikes me that teaching in the way you're describing it there has as much to do with tone, emotion, yeah. um, the feel of how you communicate than the actual content because it's not just what we're continually talking about it's the things that we get excitable yeah or not excited i you know um just to bring something that comes to mind about what my parents taught me i mean academics were so important to them that uh, no matter what i did it wasn't enough it was you were never they were never pleased with whatever grade or whatever i was doing and so they communicated that as clearly as anything that that uh to do well in this family you must do well academically mm-hmm. so the value was clear it was the value to follow jesus we went to church but that was it so no the value was not communicated that following jesus is the thing in life to do it was make good grades yeah this a minus is not good enough <laughs> i got a lot of that so yeah. Anyway. Yeah. No, it's it's good. I was talking to Jake after his soccer practice, and one of the coaches there was getting at another player for not being at games, and he said, "I got to go to church on Sunday." He just said, "Skip church on Sunday." <laughs> <laughs> being so exasperated, and uh, this and, is soccer. <laughs> this is this soccer. is peewee soccer. Yeah. This is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You playing in this under twelve league is <laughs> vastly more important, right? But but for yeah. him as a coach, he's he is. There's a reason he's a soccer coach. He's mm-hmm. coaching every weekend, and he's communicating his highest value. Mm-hmm. Really, we're always coaching our kid in something. Yeah, exactly. And, that's and, that's and a good saying, way of don't saying. Don't prioritize it. this. Prioritize that. Focus on this. Don't focus on that. You're always doing that with your kid, whether you realize it or not. Yeah, I like the word coach. I think that's that's actually. A, it's better than teach in, in some ways because teach has this um, connotation of sitting in a class or even now doing Zoom. You know, I, teaching, teaching is very different than coaching. Coaching is you can, you're right there. That's not how you do it, son. Yeah. Kick the ball this way, not that way. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. No, that's good. So expanding on this idea of teaching, I think think a hang up for parents is they hear you need to teach the word to your kid mm-hmm. and <clears throat> a they're going to feel like gosh do i do i spend time in the word which is a good mm-hmm. gut check that that's that gets back to to the um the first podcast but even if a parent is somewhat consistent in the word they're going to feel like i'm not a pastor i'm not a seminary professor i'm not a bible teacher mm-hmm. i'm not very good at this <clears throat> and and so um, it just feels too overwhelming to, to teach the whole counsel of God what it means to follow Jesus to their kids. And I think that's mm-hmm. why so many parents instinctively punt uh, mm-hmm. to technique, to experts, to, to whatever. And so what would you tell parents to help them overcome that mental barrier? Well, first thing I would say is that the punting to an expert is going just with the culture that you learn by class. In right. classes, <clears throat> and not by apprenticeship, not by discipleship. And the Bible talks a lot about discipleship and doesn't 
I don't think there are any classes in the Bible. I, as far as I can tell, I don't think they had any. There was one with 5,000 people at the, uh, you know, Sermon on the Mount. But there aren't a lot of classes in the Bible. It's it all discipleship. Yeah. So I think that that is something that we just, we have to sort of overcome in our society because that's the default thought about if you're going to advance in, the, in any knowledge of anything, you got to go to class. Yeah. So that's the first thing I would say is that that's, that is not biblical necessarily, and that uh, there's other ways besides that. We just aren't as familiar with those other ways. I, I think <clears throat> the other thing that we might punt toward, too, is there's such a value on mastery, mm-hmm. and, and so <clears throat> if, I don't, if I don't have something mastered, then I can't really teach it, and mm-hmm. you never have the Bible mastered. Yeah, I don't have the Bible mastered. I, every day I open it and go, "Oh man, what does this mean?" That's I gotta, right. I gotta go figure this out um, because you know God wrote a book and it's endlessly interesting. And so, how far ahead of your kid do you need to be to be able to teach them? You know, one step, mm-hmm. one step. It, it, <clears throat> if you simplify it to teach them what you're learning, teach them what God is teaching you. If you are learning, you'll always have something to teach. Mm-hmm even if it's just, here's what God is teaching me. But just saying that to your kid has a massive impact because of impression. It's, my dad wants to hear from Jesus. Mm-hmm. My dad sits at Jesus' feet. My dad mm-hmm. is actively learning and applying. And then <clears throat> when the opportunity comes to actually give them instruction on in an area, you're going to have so much credibility because you are just doing with them what you do with yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're not, you're not uh, placing yourself in some sort of... Uh expert authority position. Mm-hmm. Um, you're more reaching down to the level of, of everybody around. You're speaking on the level that they're at. And yeah. I think that's really key. You're just, you you are talking about, I'm kind of thinking about this. I just read this today in the Bible. What do you think is, is better than, well, sit down, look at this passage here. Let me tell you what it's about. I, it, right. it is much better just to say, let's let's talk. What do you think about this? I'm still figuring it out myself. Yeah, is really a great position to be in. Yeah, and your kids will respect that. <clears throat> They'll know that you are you are seeking uh, the Lord's counsel through His Word, but that you weren't too arrogant about it. <laughs> yeah, and there's credibility in saying, "I don't know." Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, we should look into that together. Yeah, what do you think? Yeah, what do you think? How would you answer that question? <laughs> yeah, and it's almost there. There's the barrier is more spiritual, emotional in some ways yes. than, than intellectual, cognitive. It's just to to talk about those things with your kids is to talk about heavy things and things where you might feel out of your league to answer a question. And the funny thing is, kids love to ask questions mm-hmm. about deep things. Like they mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, they are not born atheists. <laughs> Right. They, are, they are born thinking about God and wanting to know about ultimate matters of where we come from, who am I, yeah. what happens when I die. Like They, yeah, they yeah. will naturally ask those. Those have to be taught out of them. And uh, The old George Carlin line, can God make a rock so big he himself can't move it? Right. <laughs> yeah, they love those kind of questions. Yeah, that's right. the, what if God did? Yeah. <laughs> right. And yeah. So, so it's not for a lack of interest in our kids. That's right. From our kids. It's just, um, yeah, we have to go into territory where if we don't have a, a vibrant relationship with our kids, it's going to feel weird and uncomfortable to talk about those things. It's, uh, yeah. it's sort of like having the sex talk, you know, having the God talk in a sense feels like kind of trespassing into a weird foreign territory. 
And so the salute, just like with the sex talk, it's like, don't have a sex talk. Yeah. Talk about sex as you go about your day in yeah, life, yeah. as it comes up, as just a normal part yeah. of our conversation. You got to exactly. do the same thing with God talk, or it becomes like having the talk. You mm-hmm. know, I got to sit down with my kid and tell him, you know, Jesus is the most important thing in life and just need to know that. All right. <laughs> yes. Let's go no. do something else. <laughs> the, the, verse, the verse that stood out had two components to it that, makes uh that i thought was clarity helped me a lot that the first was these words which i command you today shall be in your heart made it made it not just that i have read something but that i am ruminating on it and interpret figuring it out and making it be my own so that i understand it from my own self my heart so that when i'm teaching i'm not teaching just some words off a page i'm actually teaching from myself and um and that's right, right? You want your you want to be able to say to your kids, imitate me, yeah. just as I imitate Christ. Well, that I thought was really clarifying about you know that the word should be in your heart, meaning I've really I've internalized this. Yeah. I've really made this me. <clears throat> you know, a lot of the a lot of the word of the Bible is pretty pretty uh, hard to figure out, and you, you put your mind to it. It might take you all your life. You might not ever get some of it. But what you do get, what does become you, you can speak about that. You can speak about that when you're hiking in the woods, when you're cleaning up, you know, cat vomit off the floor, <laughs> you know, all the right. various things that you do in life together. When it's you speaking, then you've got an audience. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the things that we've internalized, uh, we can talk about very naturally. And so the best way to get the gospel out of you is to get the gospel into you. There you go. And, that uh, sounds like a sermon. I've used it. That's before. a nice title. <laughs> <laughs> I get paid to come up with pithy statements like that. But, yeah, that's but total pith. It, it strikes me <laughs> just overflowing with pith. Yeah, there's so much pith in that one. <laughs> um, pith meter is ten. <laughs> no, I was. It's it's Jake's birthday today, and we were eating <laughs> breakfast at IHOP this morning. We're just mm. talking about football mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, different Super Bowls throughout time and how they ended and, yeah. and when Tom Brady lost in his career. And he wants to ask all these questions. And I could not believe how much detail I was able to give him <laughs> on basically most Super Bowls in the last 15 years and what happened and why. And It and, was second and, and eight. And, what and there was mean- only 24 <laughs> seconds left. <laughs> and his best receiver was injured. And the cover two uh, <laughs> that they had intended to play was, yeah. And so it's like we do ruminate and mm-hmm. and internalize mm-hmm. so much. And uh, and if you do, it comes naturally to talk about that. Mm-hmm. So I remember Matt Chandler saying, if you know the Dallas Cowboys third string tight end, you better have a verse memorized, right? <laughs> like that was one of his things like with his congregation. Like you got no excuse. I don't have a good memory. It's like 53-man roster. You can give it to me now. And where they went to high school, you know, like it's just. Um, That's very funny. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, that that was a it's a very Texas illustration, yeah. but we could come up with things here that, that would be similar. But the point is, we do ruminate and meditate, and yeah. we we have an amazing ability to internalize things that we care about. Mm-hmm. So so just take a verse, start ruminating, and and you're gonna have things to naturally share mm-hmm. with your kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so how do we do this? How how are how um how do we diligently teach? And what are some things you found 
useful to do in in just teaching as you're on the way you mm. know um well i i had have always even though my memory is not as good as those people in texas but uh <clears throat> i've always thought and believe and need to memorize the word that, that i understand when i understand something try to memorize that word and put it in there so it's ready to go so it's part of my thinking and um that my my thoughts become more of God's thoughts, and I'm able to to just comment on stuff from a position of it being being the Lord has instructed me, and it's me though commenting. So I've I've always tried to memorize the Bible and uh, read it every day and memorize the Bible. But as far as being um, an accessible person, yeah, um, it really had a lot to do with spending time. <clears throat> it had a lot to do with just doing things, not sitting down and saying, all right, it's Bible It's Bible 30 minutes right now. We're going to sit down, and you're going to learn some Bible. I remember when I had to learn, when I was playing piano, I was practicing piano, I was told I had to practice 30 minutes a day. I just hated those 30 minutes. 30 minutes of the so day. <laughs> I had a stopwatch, and I started when it was 30 minutes and zero, zero seconds. I stopped right then. Yeah, it, because, you know, your heart's not in it. But um, with my son, just did stuff he liked to do, or we did stuff together, and hiking in the mountains and catching bugs. That's what we did. And uh, as we're doing it, we're just praising God and talking about things and stuff that's in me that I wanted to talk about or questions he had would come up. And we had so much um, godly discussion. Bible discussion while we're just hiking around doing stuff. It's time. I think time's the big thing. Preparing yourself to be able to speak in the time. Yeah. Time plus sitting under the word yeah. <laughs> equals diligent teaching. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The, the moments will come. Yeah. And that's on the, the reactive side, but that's so much of this teaching is reactive rather than proactive. That's right. Um, What's proactive is that you want to be ready for it. You're consistent. Right. But it's reactive. Exactly. Those are good. It's good again. Proactive, reactive. You should make a sermon about that. <laughs> yeah, the, the ones I came up with, um, yeah. I think consume media with your kids mm. is one. Mm -hmm. And I remember my dad saying something to me that, that stuck with me, that uh, you can't think critically and be entertained at the same time. Mm. That if you're entertained by something, mm -hmm. uh, you're probably not deconstructing it. You're probably mm. not poking holes in it. And that's why media is so powerful for our kids, is it's shaping them without them knowing they're being shaped and what yeah. the values being communicated are. And so I love just watching things with my kids and just being like, why, what value are they teaching? Mm -hmm. Like, do you think that was the right choice, what mm -hmm. they did? Do you, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, it might annoy them a little bit sometimes, mm -hmm. but that's okay. Um, because I, I just want to put a pebble in their shoe with certain things to, to get them thinking about what. What is the, what 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 is the good life according yeah. to this show? And how are the parents portrayed here? You know, what do you think that's communicating about the role of parents mm -hmm. in these kids' lives? Things like that. Um, you know, my dad did that constantly with mm -hmm. me, and uh, yeah, instead of just you know controlling their media consumption, go go listen to it with them, go talk right. about them with them. Right. Um, and then like you were saying, there are opportune moments. Seize them. Mm -hmm. Um, if you listen well to your kids, they're going to talk about big things. That's right. Ask big questions. And so I was thinking about it. 
this is my kids, I think, in the last three weeks. These are questions <laughs> I can remember them. Yeah. And these are unprovoked. This is not me yeah. trying to start a spiritual conversation with them. These are just different mm-hmm. questions they had, statements they made. Um, I'm sad that only 37% of the world are Christians. I just learned that statistic. Why is that? Why aren't more mm. people Christians? Mm-hmm. Uh, what are Mormons? Are they Christians? Will mm-hmm. they be in heaven? Why do what do Catholics think of Mary? Do they worship her? What's up with that? Um, <laughs> how does God go on forever? I don't get that. Uh, what does it mean that we live forever? I can't get my mind around living forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did Jesus' death deal with my sin? Why did Jesus have to die to take away our sins? Lots of people have died. Why did Jesus' death forgive my sins? Why do we talk so much about what he suffered? How is his suffering different from other people who have been crucified? Mm, mm. So that was right before bed, too. That was a zinger, man. Um, Did Jesus die only once? Does he die and rise each year when we celebrate Good Friday and Easter? So those are all (laughs) questions that have been asked that I did not provoke at all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, we we have a rhythm of talking about things. But the kids will generate questions that are excellent and that lead to just great, great discussion. And it's not crazy to say, wow, that's a good question. I don't know. Yeah, with some I'm, of those, yeah. Let's, you, you can, let's, yeah. Let's, see if we can, let's see if we can find something in the Scriptures. Well, let's, you want to do that together? Yeah. Let's figure that out. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's something great about that. Yeah, and often yeah. I, I didn't seize the moment in that way to say, let's yeah. go to the Bible and see what it says. So, yeah, consume media with them. Yeah. Seize opportune moments. I would say another thing, and and I think I need to do a better job of this. We've had fits and starts with it, but especially late elementary, get your kids in the habit of reading the Bible themselves, mm-hmm. because that's the habit you actually want them to build, is hearing from Jesus directly. And if you can get that as a normal rhythm of life, um, fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh mm-hmm. grade, that they start doing that, the likelihood they'll keep doing it goes up. And the mm-hmm. opportunities to talk go up, and their questions their questions get better, and, and their questions get better because they're right. about the word. That's right. But but ultimately, what you're teaching there is, you know, I can teach you a lot of things, but you need to develop your own habit of sitting under Jesus yeah. and learning from Him. And my dad really got intentional about that with me in high school, and it mm. changed my life. I, I would say that that points out something. To, it's to be transparent with your kids, you know. Um, uh, if you are seeking out uh, the Lord's counsel in your in your life every day, you want to hear from Him through His Word. Well, um, and you've got a time to do it. Um, just be be visible doing it, I, so that yep. your kids come down and see there. There's Daddy's reading his Bible again. Um, I've even thought that's a that's a reason to read a paper Bible, so that you're not reading a phone. Uh, it. Your kids come down and see you reading a phone. Well, it can be anything. But if you're reading a paper Bible, you've got your notes out, tears streaming down your face, you know, all of that. <laughs> you've got a pile of Kleenex next to it. Anyway, it, the impression is that the Word meant a lot to my parents. And, and so when you start saying, it should mean a lot to you, you're old enough, why don't you sit down, let's, let's do that too, they'll say, yeah, that's, yeah, okay. It yeah. means a lot to you. I guess it ought to mean a lot to me. Yeah, physical Bible, physical journal. Yeah. Um, that impression is is powerful. And the thing is, if you have the rhythm of doing that, and then you ask your kids to start doing it. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's yeah. like you brush your teeth twice a day. You do a lot of things that you want your kids to do, too. Um, mm-hmm. They don't question it if you do it all the time. You always wear pants when you leave the house. <laughs> it's just that easy. 
It's that easy. Wear your pants, son. Oh, oh, I, I'm not in the habit of putting on my pants. Yeah, hopefully you don't have to be too diligent about that later in the life uh, with your kids, but uh, you, know, you never know. Um, so I think the other one I would just say to, to, to put a plug for something you've created, Greg, is uh, if you don't know where to start, use the Bible Minute. Yeah, uh, which is a great resource you've created, which is uh, one verse to memorize, a few questions to reflect on, and it's something you can do in even a minute with your own kids. That's right. And I love it. I, we have a chalkboard at our house, and I don't do it every day, but when, yeah. a, when a particular verse you share strikes me, I'll just write it out of the chalkboard. Mm-hmm. And just having a verse out, I'm like, eh, we'll probably talk about that at some point. Yeah. Why'd you write that one? Now here's what I was thinking about. Mm-hmm. No, I, I thought about it being when COVID hit. I'd always thought it was something to do because I did it myself in my head. Yeah. And kept track of ones that mattered, marked my Bible up with a star next to circle and it's actually a circle and a target mark. That's one of the verses. And yeah. so um, I just thought that that was good for me and it was something we we're doing. And so when COVID hit, we couldn't meet with anybody and I had to, you know, do something. Shoot, I'm a pastor with can't meet anybody. I, that's when I started doing it, and um, I, th- I think it's been it's been useful. It's useful because it's doable, yeah. and uh, getting an email every day uh, is a great <laughs> reminder. Yeah, uh, just that this is what I should be talking to my kids about. So. And you can stop out if you don't you know don't want one every day. So yeah. we, we're we're not like we're not like pressing people really hard. No, no, but to opt email. out, you have to tell people don't send me the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> you know. It's, it's a tough opt out. It's kind of a tough opt out. Yeah. Right? No matter one. how many smiley faces you put around it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. So, um, cool. <laughs> Any other thoughts? Um, I, I, I like, like what you said about uh, um, practical ways of, of doing, being diligent, essentially, intentional, being prepared because your heart is, you, you've already. In, in, internalized mm-hmm. uh, what God has to say about certain things, and that you don't have to be an expert. You just have to internalize some of the things that God has to say. Um, uh, but I, I'd like to ask you, in modern day life, um, what are some of the other ways that that, that this scripture was written three thousand some years before? Says that you shall talk with them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. Were there any rhythms and habits that you had that has to do with this constant um, just talking with your kids? I would say the things my dad did um, that made this easy, right, to talk about spiritual things. Mm -hmm. One was he would listen to us well and dignify our questions. Mm. That's a great question. Mm. That's... uh, and that, you know, immediately gets you engaged. Yeah. Because now he's thinking. He he would not immediately, even though he's a walking Bible, he would not immediately shoot out, oh, well, here are the verses on this. Right. Mm-hmm. It'd be, oh, yeah, well, how do you do that? Yeah, what do you think? Huh. Well, here's some ways we could go about answering that. And right. And so it was a, now it's a journey. Now it's a conversation, mm-hmm. keeps you engaged. So he was excellent at, at that. And uh, holding his fire in a mm-hmm. lot of situations, right? Rather than just blurting out the answer, mm-hmm. dignifying questions. I mean, the rhythm we got into that changed my life the most was um, we'd go for a run in the morning mm. in high school, and we we couldn't go for a run until I'd read my Bible. That was the thing. 
So we'd go up on the trails, right, because we lived up in the Oakland Hills, and we'd both have read something, and then we'd just run and talk about what we were reading. And uh, the phrase he would always use, he had all these phrases, you know, he would always say, flesh and blood did not reveal that to you. <laughs> That's awesome. That was always his phrase. That was his way of, <clears throat> of kind of giving an attaboy, right? That the no, Spirit of God just taught you something from the Bible. And there was just something so cool about that mm -hmm. affirmation that you're getting it. You're, you're getting it. So he, yeah, was, that's great. he was not critical, you know, even if, even if the reading was wildly off, he'd go, yeah, you know, I don't know if I'd get that, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, so he, he would do those things. Um, and those are the ones that stood out yeah. the most and just car time was conversation time. Right. Mm -hmm. So wasn't time to put on the radio and zone out. Um, it's time to talk. Mm. And so he was always available to talk and just love talking to him. Yeah. all the time enjoyable even in high school enjoy talking to them um that's what stands out to me and i think fast forwarding to today the big um, difference is the ubiquity of tech mm -hmm. and how much it sabotages face-to-face -face connection um, because it's so personalized and mm -hmm. um and privatized it just it, it separates us from each other and so you've got to be extra intentional about removing tech mm -hmm. or or experiencing tech together mm -hmm. those are the two mm -hmm. um but if your habit as a parent is to give your kids tech to soothe them to pacify them mm -hmm. to the earlier you start that the harder it's going to be mm -hmm. to build that connection that's good that's yeah. what i would that's what i would say and it's a constant battle. I don't think I'm doing a particularly great job right now, but that's, you know what? I know that I'm not in certain areas. And so Shell and I have to, you know, revisit it and go, yeah. okay, let's, let's reform the battle plan here for how we're going to, yeah. how we're going to nudge our kids toward being creative in the house, toward connecting with us, uh, not running to devices. I, I think the, another thing I would add to that is just keeping the goal in mind, which the goal is that our kids are walking with Jesus. Mm -hmm. happy all their days, whatever, whatever, uh, however their life turns out, you know. I, I think one of the things that really struck me as I was parenting and going through this and letting the Word really sink in was, would I be okay if my son did not achieve all these various things in the culture you have to achieve? But he was walking with Jesus. He was happy and happy in Christ. And would I be okay with that? Would I be actually happy with that? When I started naming off the things, what if he didn't get married? What if he doesn't have a good job? What if he doesn't achieve well in, in college? What if he, you know, all the various things that are really, really kind of, um, as a parent, they consume you. You want your kid to succeed in life. But what if he doesn't succeed in, he or she doesn't succeed in life in those ways, but he loves Jesus, walks with him? Absolutely, he walks with him. You've discipled him into uh, into the love of Christ and his word, and, um, and he's on his own doing that, it, would I be okay with that? And that question actually kind of um, made me stop, stop in my tracks, sometimes still makes me stop in my tracks, because the goal is, the goal is that we pass on this faith that Christ somehow gave us, that we have been so blessed to have in our life, that he is made sense of this world and lets us walk a day that it's every day has got meaning and beauty um, that you want to pass that on and that they are able to 
receive from Christ what he gives them, and then they walk their days happy. The goal's got to be clear. I think that helped me a lot to keep the goal clear, and it's it's a good reminder every day. My son's in his mid-20s, and I still got to make sure. What's my goal? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's a great big-picture reminder. One Diligence with a D. It's big-picture D. Big-picture. It's big. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing I could think of that's a little more tactical but also yeah. gets to heart issues is... Don't be surprised when your kids offer objections, questions, and doubts. Yeah. And instead of making that a thing to get anxious about or angry about, um, dignify them. Yeah. Say, that's a great question, or if it is a good question, or, or that's, that's normal to have those kind of doubts. Um, let's dig- talk about that. And, and yeah. so, that, so that what they learn is, A, they can talk to you about anything. Yeah. And B, that that isn't a sign of spiritual deficiency. Right. Uh, it can actually be um, sort of the antibodies working against a sick faith, in a sense, right? To, to, yeah. to, to work toward a stronger faith. That No, I need to understand this better. I need better reasons to believe that. I need better things to think. And that's good. That's good. They're seeking for a firmer rooting. Yeah. And, and view it like that. And then if you can... Even if you don't give them the answer, if you can have a positive interaction in that, that's huge. Yeah. Because if you go in the opposite direction and get anxious or defensive or give pat answers that you don't even think are good to their doubts and questions, yeah. they're just going to learn, eh, we can't, we can't really seriously engage the Christian faith. That's right. Yeah. I, doubt is not unbelief. Unbelief is unbelief. Right. Doubt is not unbelief. It's working out belief. Yeah, and it's necessary, and you have to have uh, uh, that thing about not being anxious, not having your hair on fire when when there's when your kids have doubts, or even when you have doubts, is that the confidence is in God, not yeah. in not in our intellect and our our methods, and um, not even in this podcast, if you can believe that. <laughs> it's not that our confidence is entirely in the Lord who. Uh, is going to accomplish what he wants to accomplish and uh, desires uh, none to perish and that all should walk with him, be happy with him, you know, that uh, um, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. That, that, that God, that's the one we're confident in. And you don't express confidence in, that, in God when you're anxious and your hair on fire about trouble. Right. Yeah. Good. And so you're always teaching, and you'll be teaching that well okay i'm are we you're you're wrapping it up i'm still talking rambling on <laughs> yes i i was about to land the plane but yes. greg kept circling for yes. a little while yes. longer there's so still fuel in the tank fuel in the tank <laughs> oh well greg thanks man i thanks. thought for our first duo podcast i really i really did feel like we were kind of pool and clay here um, yeah. or at least you know iguodala and bielitsa right just coming in <laughs> and uh doing our part and uh, <laughs> Steph should be back next time. And, <laughs> That's uh, right. <laughs> we, you've proven yourself, Igodala. I'm, I am Bielitsa. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> awesome. Just like what my coach said when I used to play high school. Hey, hey uh, Arthur, get in there and don't foul. Yeah. That's all he said. Well, well, Greg, I can confidently <laughs> say after today's podcast, you did not foul. That's good. Today, so, well done, hey. listeners. Thanks, <laughs> and we'll be back again soon to talk more. <laughs>